Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this week by both my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, as we are here to preview AEW Full Gear taking place this coming Saturday on Pay-Per-View. Uh, we got an 11-match card right now as we are recording here on Thursday night. So, of course, knowing AEW, they'll probably add another three matches between now and Saturday when the Pay-Per-View is going. So, that'll be the main gist of our show. But really quick, the one WWE-related thing we wanted to talk about is the rumor or the stories that are going around that Stone Cold Steve Austin may be getting offered another match at WrestleMania this year. I mean, we all saw what he did with Kevin Owens last year at WrestleMania. Looked great, came out of it great, was able to do a lot of stuff, took a suplex on the concrete. And there was reports that he may be interested in doing it again. And he's still in great shape. So, of course, this Gets everybody talking because, of course, CM Punk is also probably on the outs with AEW. So that's the first dream match everybody goes to. But, I mean, just first the idea, I'll ask you, Cam, here first, the idea of Steve Austin coming back for another match at this year's WrestleMania. Are you all right with that? Oh, yeah, of course. I think that I think we may have found something for this year and possibly WrestleMania 40. And you could send them out WrestleMania 40 and we could do you know, something next year, but I think that we can, I think there's legs here. And, you know, you talked about Stone Cold looked great last year against Kevin Owens. It had nothing to do with Kevin Owens. Stone Cold looked in shape. He looked into it. Um, so once a year, you I mean, Taker, we saw, we saw Undertaker body break down in front of us and he was wrestling once, maybe twice a year. So I think that it's relatively easy that we could easily see at least two more Stone Cold matches before all things are done. And it's funny you mentioned CM Punk because I have a list of people I'd like Stone Cold to face this year, and CM Punk wasn't even a thought of mine. Who's on your list? Uh, top three in no particular order are John Cena, Cody Rhodes, and Seth Rollins. Okay, and yeah, you see, you hear people talking about it further. I've seen a couple people refer to it on Twitter that you know, once you once you know you can do it, like Steve Austin has, you know, you get that itch. You know, no matter what it is, uh, you know, pro wrestler, you come back, you know, you go like a sports athlete, anything. You like, you come back and do it after a long time off, you get the itch to want to do it again, and that's kind of I think what you might be seeing here. And like we said, as long as Stone Cold's health is good, I mean, hey, like you said, if you can't get if we don't know if they're getting the rock or not. You can't get the rock. Stone Cold's your next best option as far as a big pass star. Um, so that's a positive there. So uh, what are your thoughts, Chairman? Yeah, it's fine because, you know, obviously he's not going to wrestle a legitimate wrestling match. It's going to be no holds barred, street brawl, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, obviously the matches, you know, he had last year were fun. And, of course, this time around, you know, he's probably going to have a more formidable opponent, you know. I guess Kevin Owens is a solid opponent. I keep, I keep thinking more of the Vince stuff and the McAfee stuff than uh, the Kevin Owens stuff. But um, overall, I mean, he, it should be a good uh, rub for somebody that gets that opportunity. So I'd be curious to see who gets that rub should uh, this go on as scheduled or just as scheduled as planned. Yeah, do you have any ideas on who you want for a possible opponent? Oh, boy. I mean, there's a long list of people. I mean, I'm just kind of looking at things right now with WWE, and no one really comes to mind. I mean, I guess John Cena would be somebody to bring back. Just It would be just interesting to see those two face off against each other, so why not? Yeah, and I'm all for it, too. Like I said, I think, you know, 
in Triple H's WWE, I have faith that he's not fighting Roman Reigns for the Universal WWE Undisputed Championship. Um, I know Cam brought up Seth Rollins. I think that's a good one to look into. I mean, you could always turn somebody like a Drew McIntyre heel, and you can do Drew McIntyre and Steve Austin. But I don't know if, I mean, I think he would get a Drew McIntyre would get accepted by the crowd. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of options to go out there and to do this. And yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, like I said, do Austin Rock at WrestleMania 40 four times in a lifetime. Um, but yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with it. It's not like he like we said, he's not like he came out of last year looking bad. Uh, and I think you know. This year, knowing that he got through last year and came out of it fine, I think he'll get more of a program out of it, too, where he'll go and maybe do more promos, like, leading up to it on Raw or SmackDown. He might get a little more physical uh, beforehand in the build-up to it. And you can actually announce the match this year, too, even though most people going in last year, I think, kind of assumed it was going to lead to a match. So, yeah, I mean, it's a legend coming back. It's a positive thing that I won't think will take anything away from WrestleMania. So, yeah, I'm all for uh, for this going on here. So, that's really the only WWE-related stuff we have this week. Uh, we'll get more fully into it when we do our Survivor Series preview next week. But... Uh, we are here to talk about AEW. We haven't really talked about it full a lot in the last couple of weeks. AEW Full Gear taking place this Saturday. As I said, it's an 11-match card at the moment. And, I mean, I really haven't watched. I mean, I've watched clips here and there, but I haven't watched a full episode of AEW in a while. I mean, Wednesday nights are my bowling nights, so I DVR it sometimes. Most of the time I get home, I'm just like, I don't really feel like watching it on the DVR. And by that point, I will have seen pretty much everything important that would have happened by that point on Twitter or somewhere else on social media. Uh, so I haven't really watched it, and nothing's really stood out to me to go and be like, oh, I want to go out of my way and watch that. It's like things have been in a dip. Things have kind of been a bit of a mess. Uh, you've got one of the lower ratings, I think, over the last few um, the last few weeks with uh, 818,000 people last uh, last night, which is one of their lowest ratings in a while. So, I mean, I'm not fully engaged and into this pay-per-view, and I think kind of the pay-per-view card shows it. Uh, what do you think, Chairman? Yeah, I mean, they've probably had to rewrite some plans for sure after the all-out brawl. But even then, I feel like they could have done a better job um, building this event. Like, I feel like half of this show is rematches from all-out, and half is just dynamite rematches, and half is just stuff I'm really not interested in. I mean, I will say one positive is I think all the women's matches, the builds have been pretty good. The right people are in the right spots for the women's division. So for something that we critique and a lot of people critique, I feel like the women's division, far as like the pay-per-view product, looks promising. Um, obviously, MJF mocks for what it's worth. The build is kind of average, but I mean, that's obviously a high focal point match. But the rest of this card, I could really care less about. And that's why I am keeping the $50 or I'm sorry, 5347 or whatever the hell it is in my pocket, Tony Khan. Because this pay-per-view on paper looks mid, and I am not going to order it. I, I refuse to pay that kind of money to something that just doesn't wow me. Yeah, if Tony Khan asked me why I wouldn't order it, I'll just say no comment. Uh, like he's been saying a lot lately, even the media scrum again this year, with or this past today, actually, when talking about the CM Punk and the Elite stuff. It's like, you want to be transparent with this stuff. And I think that's kind of you know what's been 
part of the problem is that maybe a lot of people are just wearing on Tony Khan and they're the, the shine is off the, you know, the, whatever you call the rose, whatever you want to say it, but I'm I'm in the same boat as you. I mean, I'm in Buffalo for those of you who don't know, and I could be, there's a chance I could be snowed in for a couple of days this weekend. And even then I'm still like, yeah, I'd ra- I'll go outside and shovel for a couple hours rather than watch to pay 50 bucks for the pay-per-view. It's just, like I said, nothing has grasped my attention for a while here with AEW. Uh, what about you? What are your thoughts going into the show, Cam? I mean, at some point, Tony Khan's going to have to visit the whole pay-per-view thing. I mean, UFC, even to a certain extent, like, has watched their shows on ESPN Plus and stuff like that. Like, at some point, um, I mean, I wouldn't mind 50 bucks for All Out or something if the, the, the card is solid. But you're talking about Dynamite matches. I mean, Tony Khan's give, saying, give me 50 bucks so you can watch Soraya re-debut in, in wrestling after many years and possibly MJF becoming world champion. I mean, the best thing that happened on Dynamite this past week was a promo that was cut after the show was over. Um, I don't know. I just, everything's a little weird right now, and they've had time. I mean, I mean, it can be a huge a huge snowball effect. Punk, you know, is gone. They had to rechange the main event plans. It's been okay with MJF and Moxley. Um I mean, they've had time to get things back together. I mean, I just feel like every week it's someone random on the show that hasn't been on for a few weeks. And at some point, I feel like Tony Khan's kind of just, I mean, I feel like he books the shows in advance. I don't want to say he's in Vince territory where he's rewriting the show 10 minutes before they're going live on television. I just feel like he's maybe lost his mojo and Jeff Jarrett's more concerned with like dressing like the fucking Undertaker. And like, I don't know what's going on in AEW. Yeah, more concerned about taking shots at Triple H and Braun Strowman. I mean, the Braun one's kind of justified, but they're taking shots at Triple H for some reason. <sighs> yeah, it's yeah, I, I'm all bored with you guys here. And like I said, it's it's one of those things where I think it might be end up doing maybe the lowest buy rate that AEW has done so far because, and I think the the build would reflect that. Um, so let's get into these predictions here. Uh, can't, uh, Chairman had a good showing at uh, for crown jewel going six and two while cam and i both struggled so right now the standings chairman 74 and 40 he's got a three game lead on me or three pick lead which is 71 43 and we got cam at 67 and 47 so let's jump into this let's start with the pre-show uh the aew world title eliminator semifinals it's going to be either Lance Archer or Ricky Starks that match is taking place on uh, i believe rampage this coming friday uh, taking on Brian Cage in the semifinals with the winner of going on to face fucking Ethan Page on Dynamite for um, for a, a shot at the AEW world title, which, I mean, I'm sorry, that just sounds awful to hear that Ethan Page is in that match of all people. So it's Archer or Starks taking on Brian Cage. I think, you know, Starks should be the one to advance. I think if you had Cage or Archer fight uh, Ethan Page it, when he won against one of those guys, you know, a guy that's not really a star, would it be dumb? So, I mean, at least Starks goes through both big guys, I think, and then gets to Ethan Page. And then, God, I can pray to God. We hope that Ethan Page doesn't end up winning that match, but I feel like he might end up doing it. So I'm going to have him. Go ahead and picking Starks to win on Rampage against Archer on Friday, then beat Cage on the pay-per-view pre-show, and then go on to Dynamite to face Ethan Page. Uh, who do you got, Chairman? Oh, Chairman looks like he got dropped from the call for. Sorry, so Cam, who do you got? 
Um, if I'm I'm looking it up right now, but I feel like I saw something on earlier about Twitter about Ricky Starks not being medically cleared. So I think they were just going to put Lance Archer into the finals, but I'm not 100% sure. I think it was, no, no, I think it was that he wasn't cleared this week to do the match. Oh, uh, okay. Or okay. like last week, so they're doing it on Rampage. That's on why. Front. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, I, was, I thought I saw something earlier about that. Um, I mean, I like your idea of Ricky Starks running through the big guys. I mean, Lance Archer is sadly a lost cause in AEW. I mean... Brian Cage has now come back, but he's still Brian Cage. Like, sucks in the ring, sucks on the mic. Like, just a steroid dude. Um, so, yeah, let's go with Ricky Starks. But Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page for a chance to face Moxley or MJF is, is hilarious to me because, I mean, there's so many other guys. But, I mean, at the same time, we, we want them to use, you know, build people up. So, But Ricky Starks or Ethan Page... Hell, even Lance Archer or Brian Cage, none of those four guys are beating Moxley or MJF, so this whole thing is kind of just a joke. Yeah, it's one of those things, I think, where AEW relies too much on tournaments for this kind of stuff, and the tournament they put together out of all the guys listed there, I mean, we had Eddie Kingston in this tournament, we had Bandito in this tournament, you had Roosh in the tournament, you know, you could have any one of those guys go and have one of those matches, but, I mean... You know, Ricky Starks is a guy who hasn't really been focused since his Hobbs match at um, at the last pay-per-view. I'm blanking on right now, whatever it was called, uh, All Out. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's like Ricky Starks, this guy's gotten start and stop so many times. I know he's had injury uh, issues as well, but hopefully they can finally get behind him at this point. Uh, let's go to the TNT Championship match with Warlow defending against Samoa Joe and Powerhouse Hobbs. First, I'll say it's just good to see the TNT Championship actually defended on an AEW pay-per-view. I mean, Tony Khan talked about making that title such a big thing going forward, and then he ended up, you know, not, and it hasn't been since, and Wardlow and Samoa Joe have had this weird team that just, you know, have been together, and then Joe turns on them, and then they add Powerhouse Hobbs to this match, so... Who knows? You get maybe you just got a big. Okay, we'll have a three-way match. And, you know, just big guys beating the crap out of each other. Uh, Cam, who do you got? I mean, it was kind of funny that they booked the match after the angle. It's like these guys have already been circling each other for a little bit now. Why not have the match already booked? It's so dumb. It's like, hey, we uh, we have three guys that have been battling each other. And we have two different titles, but we're not going to announce that each other for the title until four or five days before the pay-per-view. It's like, come on, man. Like, don't be lazy. Just book the fucking book the title matches. Have Joe cut the promo. They do the little battle. Like, we'll see you on Saturday. Like, there's no need, like, after the fact. I think that's so dumb. Because then you're basically saying that if um, – if Wardlow didn't come down and they didn't have like the whole altercation with Hobbs and Joe and everyone didn't get into it, that neither of these three guys were going to be on the show because that's what you're implying. It's lazy booking. Um, I mean, I kind of assume that Wardlow keeps the title here, but at the same time, I don't know because they've cooled off on him so much that, that this seemed like an automatic win. I think that he retains here because, because it's for his title. I mean, if, if, if it was for the Ring of Honor television title, maybe you can make an argument for Samoa Joe retaining. But if if Wardlow wins here, I mean, you need him to, to quote CM Punk, look strong. 
All right, Cam going with Warlord. Chairman, back on the call here. Who do you got winning this uh, three-way match? And then also, who do you got winning that pre-show? I think Warlord will what, what, the pre-show. There's also the pre-show match, too, with um, Star Ricky Starks. Well, Ricky Starks and Lance Archer taking each other Friday on Rampage with the winner fighting Brian Cage on the pre-show in the Eliminator Tournament for the world title. Oh, good for them. Um, Ethan Page, sure, we can win it all. <laughs> no team has a flashback match. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> all right, who do you got in the triple threat match, too? I think, wait, Ethan, I'm sorry, Ethan Page is fighting the winner. So, oh. out of Starks, Archer, or Hobbs, you got it. Or Starks, Starks, Archer, and Brian Cage. One of those guys is fighting Ethan Page. Um... Starks. Okay, and then now the now the TNT triple threat match. Um, Warlord retains. Um, I don't know. Like I felt this could have been a better build. I felt like this build just kind of abruptly happened, and I don't like triple threat matches unless it's warranted. I feel like this one is weird because like Hobbs is like butting into something that he probably shouldn't be a part of, and it's awesome that he's back on TV. But I feel like this wasn't the place. I think people would rather see, especially on a pay-per-view, Samoa Joe and Warlow one-on-one. Warlow hasn't had like a meaningful one-on-one feud since MJF. And Samoa Joe, I mean, dealing with that Jay Lethal BS and whatever, finally away from that. This could have been a legitimate nice heel. But now, since Powerhouse Hobbs involved, you got the tweener character, Joe. So I don't know. But I think Warlow's going to survive this, despite my dislike for how it kind of got put together. Yeah, I'm going to go with Wardlow here, too. Like you guys have both said, it's like they've got behind Wardlow, and then it's just another case of Tony Khan getting behind somebody and then all of a sudden just stopping. And he's just been barely used on Dynamite, barely, you know, didn't have a match at All Out, if I'm not mistaken. And then it's just like either get behind this guy, make the TNT title like a big deal, like you said you were going to, or get it off him and try to give it to somebody else to do it. But, yeah, I'll go ahead and pick Wardlow to retain here. Uh, let's get this crap out of the way now. Uh, Darby Allen and Sting against Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. Obviously, because everybody was clamoring for Jeff Jarrett to be on an AEW pay-per-view in 2022. It's one thing if he's a special guest referee in a tag title match at SummerSlam. It's another thing if he is doing this. So, I mean, who, who are you going to pick here, Chairman? Sting and Darby Allen, please, because it's bad enough we have to sit through Jay Lethal trying to be relevant in 2022. Like, that dude's been getting way too much airtime on Dynamite and Rampage for my liking the last how many months. Like, that dude should be like Matt Hardy, like, barely around. Like, nobody wants to see Jay Lethal anymore in 2022. Like, if I want to see Jay Lethal, I'll go watch some old Impact or Ring of Honors throwback stuff. Like, AEW's got a bloated roster of guys I want to see, and we don't really see half of them because of Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt and Greg Kelly's brother. I mean, and then Jeff Jarrett, the biggest toxic piece of trash I ever walked the freaking wrestling business. Like, I'll, I'll let Justin have this one because he hates him more than I do. But it's like, we're bringing Jeff Jarrett back, of all people, in 2022. And it's like, yeah, you can counter-argue and say Sting's around, but... Sting was liked by people. Sting is one of the best of all time. Sting, you know, doesn't put the spotlight on himself right now. He's more about mentoring people and helping Darby get over. Whereas 
Jeff Jarrett's obviously hanging out with Jay Lethal, who's obviously past his prime as well. It's like, I don't, I don't want to see Jeff Jarrett around no more. Like, he needs to just go away. Like, be behind the scenes if you want to be. But, you know, last thing we need is him booking himself to win one of AEW slash Ring of Honor 84 titles. So, Jeff Jarrett will probably have a title in 2023. That's going to be my older prediction. He'll probably be, like, TNT champion or... Oh, he might be world champion because, you know, he's chasing uh, Ric Flair. He's only got, like, what, a few more to go because he was, like, uh, Impact or freaking TNA champion, like, 12 times. He booked himself. I lost count. I was probably over on that. But either way, that guy had more world champions than he definitely should have, whereas how many great legends never even touched the world title. So Jeff Jarrett sucks. Ghosting and Allen. Yeah, Jeff Jarrett is essentially like a cockroach of the cockroach of pro wrestling where no matter what's going to happen, he will always find a way to be involved with it. He's probably still trying to sell gold shares of Global Force Champions of Wrestling, whatever it was called. Um, yeah, I mean, Sting and Darby Allen got to win here. It's like, I don't need to see Jeff Jarrett break a guitar and not draw any dimes and not draw any ratings on whatever segments he's involved in in AEW. Uh, like you said, JD, like I said, he was at a local indie show a few weeks ago. I or not a few weeks ago, a few months ago at this point. You know, he had a good match with um, Blanking Knight, who I saw him fight. So I got to give him credit for going out. And he, plus, he was a last minute replacement for, again for somebody who I'm blanking on. So you know, he had a good match. I appreciate him for coming out there, but I don't need you to see. Be, he needs you to be focused of a TV show that is like the second most, you know, the second biggest brand in America. Um, there's so much more time you could be using rather than Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. I wouldn't even have, I, I mean, I'd have a problem with Jeff Jarrett being on TV, but if it was with somebody that was even a younger guy, I could at least be like, okay, he's te- like a younger guy is teaming with Jeff Jarrett. It's fine. I guess, I don't know. You can, and he's getting, the guy's getting to fight Sting, but it's Jay Lethal. So whatever. Um, who are you picking Cam? I mean, I almost feel like Tony Khan should have just bought Ring of Honor and never started AEW. Like, I mean, you, know, you think I feel like I'm watching uh, late night access television, you know, with like a huge budget most of the time. I agree with Chairman. I think that him and Sonji Devitt, and then I forget the other guy's name. They they're on TV way too much, and it's it's annoying. Um, I mean, Sting and Darby Allen are gonna win the match. I'm I don't know. I feel like. <laughs> I feel like they're going to extend this out. So I feel like Jeff Jarrett and Jay Leafler are going to win the match. And it pains me to say that. And, but it's just, I don't know. It's its hilarious. Jay Lethal has no business being on TV since like Obama was president. <laughs> um, Jeff Jarrett is what it is. I mean, he's there to help Tony Khan, I guess. I mean, there's no reason. He's not like he's bringing in money or, you know what I mean? Like, there's he's probably maybe helping with booking and helping agent the matches and stuff like that, which is fine. I mean, there's only so many guys out there that are can do that kind of job, so it is what it is, but I mean, I feel I have a feeling these guys are going to win the match and we'll extend the feud. Oh, man, I hope not. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to... let's. Speaking about long extended feuds, we've got Luchasaurus taking on Jungle Boy inside of a steel cage. I mean, I feel like this feud has been going on forever at this point. And I know it's because Christian's hurt and they can't do the Jungle Boy Christian match. But it's just like, I would have almost at this point pivoted Jungle Boy somewhere, anywhere else than having this feud keep going and going. I think it's I think that's one of the main problems with AEW and why people might be too now. You got feuds like this going on forever. You've got the 
Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club going on forever. It's like they, they need a, they need some kind of reset after this pay-per-view. And I think, unfortunately, this feud probably won't be one of the resets because, as I said, they want to get the Christian match in, and he still isn't cleared. So um, I think I'll pick Jungle Boy to win here. I think I could see Jungle Boy doing some crazy jump off a cage. Um, I forget. I think if they use one of the tall ones again, I could see that happening. So, you know, you get Jungle Boy the win here. Uh, you keep that program going. And hopefully at some point you can get Christian back. to Just get this done and move Jungle Boy onto something else. If you consider him to be a pillar of your company going forward. Um, who do you got, uh, Chairman? Um, Cam, who do you got in this one? I mean, theoretically, they could still they could still pivot luchasaurus or jungle boy off of each other for a little bit and wait for christian to come back but i agree i mean there's just you talk about the wwe like their feuds lasting forever these we're talking about these guys being stuck in freaking wrestling limbo with each other and it feels like the same guys are wrestling the same guys on tv and maybe when the bucks come back and if fucking adam cole ever wrestles again and gets off twitch like i mean <laughs> i don't know what's going on for AEW has a giant roster and i feel like the same guys are wrestling each other and I mean, I'll go with Jungle Boy, get the babyface win, maybe kick off the show or something. Who knows? But I mean, you're talking about roster size. I mean, I could. I mean, I I like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, but those guys are expendable in my opinion. All right, Chairman, who do you got? Oh man, like yeah, it's like you said, like because Christian's injury, this feud has been pushed to the brinks of like no return so now we're doing a cage match to spice things up but it's like cage match between these guys ain't gonna spice things up for me and i think luchasaurus is gonna win just so they can drag it out and they get a cheap victory like christian will probably get involved some shape or form here so i figure that's how it's gonna end up is luchasaurus winning to prolong this never-ending feud all right, let's go to the TBS championship match. Jade Cargill defending against Nyla Rose, even though Nyla Rose has stolen the belt from Jade Cargill and she's been carrying it around recently. Uh, man, if you want to talk about it, at least for me, for this, from the stuff I've seen, I think even with this undefeated stuff, Jade Cargill's, you know, this is what happened when you don't know what to do with somebody. Jade Cargill's kind of star, I think, is kind of, faded a little bit i mean i've never been that high on her but you can't deny the star power that she had but i just feel like she's kind of an afterthought with this tbs title at this point because i think a lot of fans are like okay you're undefeated why aren't you going after the world title like it doesn't make any sense uh i'll throw it to you cam first who do you got yeah it's like it's like this weird sub sub genre of AEW where like you can see clear cut who Tony Khan believes can challenge for the world title and who he thinks believe, you know, is for the TBS title and working dark and things like that. Um, I don't know why. Maybe that he just likes having Jade Cargill kind of be the face of that division. But yeah, I mean, at some point you got to intermingle or at least, you know, have the champion face the other champion. At some point you think you would build to that at a bigger show. You know, maybe if you have, like say you know Soraya gets a title or something or someone establishes themselves I mean they could have easily done Britt Baker versus Jade Cargill at some point but yeah it's almost like Tony Khan's protecting her or just kind of likes the fact that he has two different women's divisions essentially so who are you picking are you just going with Jade retaining 
Yeah, I am sorry. Okay. Uh, Chairman, who do you got? I'm going to give credit to Nyla Rose first off for making this entertaining at least. And Nyla Rose is a hilarious Twitter follow. I mean, if anyone follows Nyla on Twitter, Nyla's always got some funny content. But uh, with that being said, like, you know, Nyla was a former AW Women's Champion. And, you know, obviously Nyla's been a face recently in the past few months here. And Nyla's done a good job, you know, making things interesting. The TBS title, Jade Cargill's dominating. But, like, this has probably been the most interesting storyline for that title. All Nyla had to do was steal it to get a title shot. And I think this might be Jade Cargill's possibly first opponent that was a former AW Women's Champion. I'm not sure. I mean, I have to go back and look. But, I mean, I think Jade Cargill will retain here. But, you know, this goes back to what you guys are saying. It's like, you know, why hasn't Jade gone for the EW Women's Championship yet? And it's like, how much longer is this going to go? Like, we had a great window here when Thunder Rosa, I don't know what's going on with her. She's still off the grid. But, um, you know, interim champions, Tony Storm, obviously. And it's like, well, this could have been a time that maybe Jade Cargill could have been the interim champion since she has the next title. But, you know, said it's done, you know, whatever. But... I mean, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, why don't they push Jade to the main event scene here? Like, in, I mean, I guess she, I guess she's got the undefeated streak, but, you know, maybe just have her win both belts. I mean, I just don't know what they're doing with her long term. It's just kind of weird. But, you know, credit for Nyla Rose, you know, for making this storyline somewhat interesting. But, unfortunately for Nyla, I think Nyla falls short here. Yeah, I'm going to make it a clean sweep on this one. I'm with you guys. I just don't. You know, he said Nyla's somewhat actually put a storyline into this program, but I don't she I don't think she's the one that ends Jade Cargill's streak. Of course, at this point, I have no idea who the one is that it that ends Jade Cargill's streak because we don't know what they're doing with her. I think you almost have to, you know, like I said, get her into the main event scene, either give her the world title or get her you know, give her a loss and go from there. Uh, let's go to the. Um, Let's go to the Ring of Honor World Championship match. Fatal four-way. Chris Jericho defending against Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Sammy Guevara. Um, again, this is a feud where I look at it and I go, okay, um, you know, this has been going on forever with these guys. Uh, I know they've been fighting over Daniel Garcia. But again, that's something that's like, you know, you know, eventually do something officially final with it. He might play. A, who knows? He may play a role in this match here in the in the how it comes out. But I mean, there's good wrestlers involved here, so hopefully it's a good match. But again, this is a storyline that I think just needs to end at full gear this Saturday. Uh, go to you, Chairman, first. Who do you got? Oh boy, this is a hot mess here, and I think this all has run its course. Whether it's Jericho Operation Society, Blackpool Combat Club, I think it's all has run its course. It's just now they're doing a fatal four-way. And then you can probably get some weird Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara are going to have this controversial, like, oh, no, you uh, try to pin me, bro. No way, bro. You try to pin me, and they'll probably have to rock his side. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, you'll probably have that with Danielson and, uh, you know, Claudio as well. But oh, we may have lost chairman again here. Um, <laughs> uh all right, I'll go ahead and give my uh, my winner here. Um, I mean, if, if I felt like a TV deal was imminent, I would say, okay, give it to Jericho. Like, But Tony Khan seemed less enthused about Ring of Honor than he has in recent weeks. 
um, this past, you know, when he's listening, if you look at the comments for his conference call, like the last, he did an interview a few weeks ago, we were talking about if he was close to announcing a deal. And then like today during his media call, he was talking about how, you know, well, you know, it's, there's time to evaluate ring of honor after the show and see where we're going with it. So I feel like something might've fallen through or didn't come, or maybe he got too excited over something. Um, so if, you know, if something was recent, I would think Jericho would win here, but I mean, Brian Danielson's a guy that has been kind of like the main event jobber where he hasn't really gotten the hump over the hump to winning anything big. And I'm going to go ahead and give him the win here and say that he finally gets, I mean, I don't know if you consider at this point, the ring of honor world titled something big, but I'm going to go ahead and say that he ends up winning this match here and Brian Danielson becomes again, the ring of honor world champion. So I'll go ahead and pick Danielson. Uh, are you back here, chairman? Uh, I'm having some troubles. <laughs> uh, Brian Dales is for the win. Okay. Uh, who are you going with, Cam? Uh, I mean, I wonder if the Ring of Honor experiment may be coming to an end, but I feel like it's not. I mean, yeah, who knows if Tony Khan was expecting some sort of TV deal to come through or something. I mean, he could still put on, I mean, we talked about it before, like doing a few Ring of Honor pay-per-views here and there, and you can have, I mean, they have what? four Ring of Honor titles, three Ring of Honor titles. You can throw something else on there from AEW title and have some maybe cheaper pay-per-views or some, like, premium uh, television events, if you will. <laughs> like, on instead of a Dynamite, do, like, a Ring of Honor-themed pay-per-view or something if you really want to incorporate it. I mean, I have no idea, to be honest. I can make an argument for all four guys winning the belt and reasons why all four guys should win the belt. I literally have no idea. And, I mean... I, Jericho retaining is like the safe pick. <sighs> Man, you kind of talked me into. I mean, I just don't think Brian Danielson is. I don't want to say. <laughs> I don't even know why he hasn't had any like major titles. I mean, I could see him winning it, maybe cause some friction between him and Claudio. I mean, I don't know. This one's really tough. I'm just. Fuck, I don't know. I'm going to go with Jericho retaining. All right, uh, Chairman had to drop off the call, unfortunately, so Cam and I are going to finish things up here. Let's go to the AEW uh, world tag title match. We've got uh, The Acclaim taking on Swerve in Our Glory Part 3. Again, this is another one where it's like this has been going on for a while now at this point, two months all going all the way back to you know All Out. And it's again, I needed, you need a hard reset going forward to get all of these feuds out that have been going on for so long. And it's not even like this is your big blow off pay-per-view where you can make an excuse for it. No, it's not. Um, I don't think, you know, it's been, you know, I think we're getting like, I don't think Keith Lee and Swerve are long for being together as a tag team. So I think that is pretty much why I'm going to go ahead and pick the acclaimed here to win the tag titles. I'll give Tony Khan a little bit of credit. He has still been featuring the acclaimed after they win the tag titles, which is more than he's been doing with any other, you know, team that has won the tag titles as we've talked about numerous times on the show. So I'm going to go ahead and pick the acclaimed here to retain. What about you, Cam? Yeah. I mean, I don't see them stopping the acclaimed train at any time. I mean, <clears throat> thought the match this past week was or yesterday was okay it is what it is um i mean i feel like if the young or when the young bucks come back i feel like they're gonna go back for the trios title with kenny so the acclaimed are gonna be 
I mean, there's a thousand tag teams in AEW, so I hope this is the last match between these two. Move on, let them do something else, let them face the titles or chain. Excuse me, defend the titles against somebody different because it's getting pretty still at this point. We both know Swerve and Keith Lee aren't going to get the titles back. Um, just I don't know, just move on and yeah, the Acclaimed are going to win. All right, yeah, and you bring up the Elite and them coming back. Let's just go to that match next. We've got the trios championship with the team of death triangle taking on uh, kenny omega and the young bucks which is something that has again a match that's taken place uh a lot at this point so you feel like again i mean i understand why it's happening just to get them back on it's probably maybe the most interesting part of the pay-per-view i mean you don't know what's going on with the uh with the elite if they're going to end up doing some kind of uh, you know, storyline with them coming back, you know, like an NWO style to tear down AEW. I don't think they're going to do that. I wouldn't have that much faith in Tony Khan to do it anyway. Uh, so that is, you know, this is their return. It's maybe going to possibly get AEW a little bit back on track. Who knows? But um, who are you going with here, Cam? Uh, I mean, I'll I'll go with the Elite here. I think that they're they're back. You know, you need a spark in AEW. We've talked about they need something to to really jumpstart things and have these guys win. And then you can open up all kinds of different guys, you know, going after them. You know, there's plenty of everyone's in a stable in AEW. So the elite win here and they hopefully bring back some viewers for Tony Khan can uh, chill out a little bit. Yeah, that's the only thing you can hope for. And like I said, it's the trios champions. It was nice to see Penta and Phoenix finally win a big match. But I think the elite are coming back to take these titles. I mean, the titles are pretty much designed for them at this point. I mean, hell, still technically, uh, if you go by WWE or if you go to a by AEW storytelling, we never even got an explanation why the elite were stripped from the title. Just Tony Khan just kind of came out the one day and said, hey, we're having a match for new trios champions. And that's how we ended up getting to where we are. But yeah, Tony's got to hope the elite bring some people back and, Maybe come and cut a promo on Wednesday on Dynamite to get some people talking. Uh, let's go to... Uh, I got three matches left here. Let's go to Dr. Britt Baker and Soraya. Uh, you know, Soraya, Paige, getting clear, medically cleared, having this match with her. And Soraya's supposed to be the face here, but they, of course, you know, again, Dr. Britt Baker gets the... I don't want to say preferential treatment. Maybe I should say it when it comes to the women's division, but she kind of gets free reign, I think, to do what she wants. And the promo she's been cutting and talking about how she's an AEW original and Soraya is another, you know, quote-unquote invader. It's like, how does she not come off as a face to the AEW fan base, the hardcore AEW fan, fan base that is so anti-WWE? And... You know, Soraya comes in, gets a big debut, and I just, you know, I don't know, like, I feel like I was kind of over her at this point. Like, she was gone for so long. It's one of those things where I'm not looking, like, you know, for I wasn't looking forward to her coming back. It's not something where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I really want to see her wrestle again. It's just not one of those cases. And it's one of those things where I feel like you almost have to have her win, but I could also see, but like, I think I'm going to pick Dr. Britt Baker to win here. Um, I think you could, I think Soraya's kind of better as a heel anyway. So maybe you can give Dr. Britt Baker a win and then turn Soraya heel and go from there. But like I said, I'm just like, Soraya was never somebody page, whatever. Yeah. I was like, okay, I really want to see her, her back wrestling. Uh, so, but I'm going to go ahead and pick Dr. Britt Baker here. Uh, who do you got Cam? I mean, I was thinking the same exact thing. I think that you have Britt Baker here win and kind of make Soraya earn it, so to speak, or have 
her, you know, get angry and maybe just assume that her first match back was going to be easy. I mean, you can get a lot of, <clears throat> if you want Britt Baker to be the heel, you can have her win the match and then just talk down to Soraya, you know, next few weeks on Dynamite and have them have the rematch somewhere down the line and really make her kind of earn it, so to speak, like earn that comeback. And it's, you know, it's not just all roses. I mean, she hasn't had a match in how long? How long? Five, six, seven years, maybe longer? Yeah, at least. Do you know Justin off the top of your head? Uh, Off the top of my head, I can look it up really quick, but I feel like, yeah, it's definitely been quite a while uh let's bring up pages uh whatever that's called that profite database yeah so you gotta assume there that she's gonna be quote even if it's like for kayfabe purposes that she's rusty and you could play she could play it off you know it was my first match back and i took you you know i i underestimated your your in-ring performance and you can go from there 2017 so five years is how long she has been gone from wrestling so that's what we're looking at. Her last match listed as an MSG house show actually on December 26th. It was her, Sonya Deville, and Mandy Rose against Bailey, Mickey James, and Sasha Banks. That was her last match. Um, they also had the same match on Raw the night before. I feel like I kind of remember that now where she kind of got whiplash in the ring at that match and they had to stop it. I feel I, that kind of is bringing a, it's kind of bringing a bell in my head. Um, let's go to, of course, the AW Women's Championship now with uh, Tony Storm defending against Jamie Hayter, who is one of the few people that's constantly getting good reactions on AEW TV. The crowd's been kind of wanting Jamie Hayter to get a push going for a while, and now she's finally getting her title match with rumors that Thunder Rosa may be out for longer than a while still, so they may just make whoever wins this match the actual AEW lineal like official women's champion, which, again, I think is a smart thing to do because i don't really care for interim titles as it is um and i feel like tony storm's kind of been just kind of eh as champion since getting the title put on her so uh who you picking here cam i mean i kind of agree that she has been a little blah a little under underwhelming but i i mean i still want her to win the match i feel like there's there's some room there for it to grow let her character fully develop or that or i completely miss it's kind of like one of those things where I really believed in her in, in the WWE, and it kind of fizzled out. So I was like, okay, second chance. This time it's going to work. This time it's going to shine. And it really hasn't. So I'm going to keep my chips in the middle, if you will, like you do with Liv Morgan. And take. Uh, I'm going to go with the opposite. I'm going to go ahead and pick Jamie Hayter to win this match here and win the AEW women's title because I can easily see if Dr. Britt Baker wins her match and Jamie Hayter wins her match, you kind of got the beginnings of a built-in feud there that everybody thought was going to happen a while ago, and Jamie Hayter came back and still sided with Dr. Britt Baker. Um, so you have that. But, I mean, you can easily see an evolution-like scenario where it's one of the, except you don't do it the next day, where you know Randy Orton wins the title, and then Triple H turns on him, and maybe you do the exact same thing here where, um, you know, Jamie Hayter wins the title, but you let it play out a little bit longer with time with Dr. Britt Baker, and then she eventually turns on her. But I'm going to go ahead and do the opposite and pick Jamie Hayter to win the women's title here. Leading us to our main event match, which is John Moxley defending the AEW World Heavyweight title against MJF. Uh, Moxley, of course, winning the title after we was originally supposed to go on vacation, and then, of course, the whole elite CM Punk shit happened. So he was a trooper, stayed in, uh, kept the title, 
And here we are now where he had the day of the pay-per-view, the day of the pay-per-view wrong uh, this past week on Dynamite, which I thought was kind of funny. But man, this whole stuff with the firm is kind of dragging stuff this down. Like this program has had good promos, of course, the MJF Regal stuff and just some of the MJF stuff in general. But for an AEW world title match, I feel like it's kind of supposed to be MJF's maybe coming out party. It's just kind of fallen off the last few weeks when it started off really hot. But I think in the end, I still think Moxley's going to get his vacation, and I think MJF is going to win the AEW World title, even though I don't think he's somebody that actually needs it. I think he would be fine without it. I also really think that you could get the William Regal heel turn here, especially with MJF saying he wasn't going to use the Dyna or the diamond ring or whatever it's called in the match. And I think that's a might be a hint that maybe he's going to use brass knucks to win instead. So I'm going to go ahead and pick MJF to become AEW world champion here. Who are you going with cam? I mean, I, I agree with everything you said, except for the part where you said he doesn't need to win a match. I think he definitely needs to win this match to really solidify himself as the AEW original, you know, the AEW, never been to the WWE guy that he needs this match and he can lead AEW for, for however long they want to. And Moxley can take a break and MJF can wrestle whoever they want, but they gotta, they gotta give this guy a chance. It's, it's now the time is now he's hot. Everyone loves him. He's in this tweener sort of a heel, sort of a baby face cutting baby face promos after the show's over. Um, but everyone on the internet sees it. So he's cutting baby face promos in the, for the live crowd. Um, he needs the run. I mean, he is an AEW original. He has built himself, you know, from when I used to be like, okay, he can talk, but he can't wrestle. He still can't wrestle very well. Sorry. I love you, MJF. You still don't got it that we're that much in the ring, but his character has just evolved so well that, um, he needs this. And I think he's going to win. And if it's, via regal turning against blackpool club and then he if that leads to mjf wrestling danielson and claudio and everybody for the title then i'm all for it um but yeah i mean he's gonna win one way or another in my opinion all right and that is our show for this week we apologize for some of the technical difficulties we had but we're glad you were able to stick through with us to the end here and get through our predictions and we will be back Next week, to recap AEW Full Gear and then preview Survivor Series War Games, we'll be back before Thanksgiving, hopefully, to get that taken care of. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman, Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you guys next week.